welcome Jonas good to see you I understand hey, that it's got some kind of community building questions and things and I've got opinions about them so let me have it what are you up against yeah um excited to hear your opinions um so uh I'm based in Vienna um part of the climate activist climate justice bubble here and also like in the community supported agriculture like sharing economy solidarity economy space um and I'm also connected to like a lot of self-organized cultural spaces um and the whole like self-organized education and like doing workshops and facilitation stuff um around here so um there's a lot going on in those all of those spaces and um I'm constantly thinking about how to like build more community within mm -hmm. those spaces and to connect people in a more effective way so they can use all the resources that are there more effectively because one thing that is also very present is the sense of like we're doing so much and nothing's moving and mm -hmm. we're constantly fighting an uphill battle and people are burning out and like dropping out and moving away um so that's not good <laughs> if people that um, are motivated by like a beautiful vision for like a livable um environment a livable future um yeah stop doing that because the the conditions aren't right for them to thrive while they're fighting that fight mm -hmm. so um i'm i've made an a, like a small experiment last year at the same time where i tried to like call together like this retreat and for people that um that are active in those spaces in some way um because i thought it would be really cool to get a bunch of them um to a place for a weekend um like people to meet each other that haven't met um and for like with some spicy inputs to like kind of guide the conversation in in a certain direction um but not like not too much uh, mainly just like a yeah the the way you talk about it as like a congregation starter like um a, like a, a dating pool for people to meet and um weave some social fabric so um that failed um last year <laughs> i sent out a bunch of messages and i think i know why it failed um i, I think i i kind of was afraid to step into the like into the lead with it mm -hmm. uh, i was like hey i have this idea do you want to be part of it and like think about how we could do that together and right. um not much resonance came back so um it's like oh fuck okay and now after visiting your uh, micro solidarity gathering being part of that i'm like maybe it's okay if i like if i hold that source energy for the first bit and then we can see what comes after that um mm -hmm. so what i'm wondering right now is like what is an appealing invitation to people Mm -hmm. um because there's also this <laughs> this trend in the activist community around here that like anything with the label sustainable activism or like resilience or self-care is like leave me alone with that we got work to do <laughs> uh, so it's like where i'm at right now is like maybe there should be some content that i can put on the front like mm put a label on it is like this is about this um topic that is interesting that is not like so associated with touchy-feely self-care stuff um that people are afraid of um and then through the setup of the event and like sneak some other principles in there <laughs> yeah 
Um, yeah. yeah. And I'm so, wondering like, what, what your experience is around like that process of like yeah. not being fully like putting it into people's faces, what it's about. Um, yeah. yeah. Do you have any experience with that? Yeah. Um, this is so cool. I'm really glad you're doing this and I hope it works. <laughs> um, it seems really necessary. Um, the Life Itself podcast, yesterday they published an interview with Carl Steyer. Mm. And um, they talked about this quite a bit about like how do you like a lot of a lot of especially like traditional leftist activists have such a focus on the material conditions, and the interior condition is seen as like a nice to have optional extra. And of course, we, there's no way we've got time to really get to it, so it always gets deprioritized. Um, and Carl had a nice way of describing like, yeah, we can do both. You know, like actually, we can be more effective in whatever kind of protest action we're doing or confrontational action or what kind of thing we're doing. If, if, if we're more resource, resourced internally, if we have more free awareness, more creativity, you know, like more ability to like, um, yeah, I think laterally that that all comes from rest and restoration and mm. yeah, having yeah. a better understanding of yourself. So I think it's a really important thing you're doing. Um, a bunch of things come to mind immediately. Um, I've just taken a couple of notes here to tr track them all. One is, um, yeah, I like what you said about how, like your analysis of why the first, the first attempt didn't really work and now trying again, something that I went through in a similar way. My conclusion of it basically was to invite people on the invitation. It said basically like for the first, this is the first time that we're coming together and I'm willing to sort of hold it and design it. And like, this is what I have in mind but it'll only be satisfying. Like if we decide that we wanted to keep going, I would only be satisfied if it was co-owned. So like the subsequent ones, um, mm. we expect to do it in a more participatory way if there's going to be a number two, but we don't know if there'll be a number two until there's a number one, yeah. you know? Yeah, so yeah, like yeah. <laughs> some, some way of signaling that upfront just to say like, I don't want to be the dictator, but someone needs to initiate blah, blah, blah. Um, that helped me relax somehow to put that in the, in the document, you know, the invitation document. Um, the other thing that came to mind when you're talking about um, what's sort of the content that gets people in the door, even though there might be stuff underneath the content that you think is more valuable, but it's not going to be appealing to them. That just reminded me, I've had a, a model in my head for a long time now where it's like content is, it's like marketing. It's what gets people in the door. It's like, oh, yeah. so for us, a lot of time it's like, collective decision-making people want to know about decision-making they know that they suck at it um but actually what they need is emotional intelligence and like a culture of feedback and you know these kind of like more subtle skills but if you just said we we're going to do feedback training people wouldn't come um <laughs> so that's really normal that you kind of have to think about what mm. what do people actually respond to um i've got to the point where i think the content is kind of irrelevant once they're in the room the content's yeah. irrelevant. What what actually matters for me, the model I have, is it goes like content, choreography, character. So like the, the choreography is just designing the interactions so that you know a lot of people are going to have meaningful encounters with each other. You know, so there's like time mm -hmm. on your own for quiet reflection. There's time in pairs. There's time in small groups. There's walking in nature. You know, like, you, you know what it's like to be a facilitator. You just design good process and it kind of doesn't matter what content you put in. It almost doesn't even matter what people you put in. If the process is good, it just tends to produce good outcomes. Yeah. 
Um, so that <laughs> that makes me a little bit um, flippant, maybe with the content, even where I'm like, ah, who cares? But <laughs> but it is needed, like because all those people won't show up, or you won't get the right people showing up. Um, and then the layer underneath the choreography is what I call the character. So that's like the the subtle characteristics of the hosting team, what they're projecting into the room, I think is the is the main enabling or limiting factor of what happens in the group. Um, so again, it's like who cares what process you use, whether you're like drawing from open space technology or from theory U or from something else. If you're all stressed and uptight and like projecting this urgency and you know yeah. uncertainty, it's it's really not going to be a good vibe for anyone. So it gets progressively more subtle and people are going to be yeah, the the when someone first encounter all they see is the is the surface level, but actually it's the deeper stuff that leaves the impact on them. I think. Mm. Um, so that's a puzzle that I've had to figure out. And so then the question is, yeah, like we come back to the original question: what's the content? Um, and and what came to mind for me on that was, you know, Lana Yelenev, her. She described briefly about nemawashi, this Japanese concept of digging around the roots. Mm. Um, that's how I would design the content is basically visiting with some people that I think are really close yeah. allies one by one and just saying, Hey, I've got this vague concept. I don't know really how really to describe it, but this is the outcome that I want. And just kind of throwing ideas at them and just noticing which, which words they get excited about. Sticks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And you start with the people that you trust the most, you know, who love you the most, who want to support you the most. And then you gradually go around the circle until you get to some people that are a little bit more, out of you know just, you just don't know each other so well or you don't have so much trust and and it's like a rapid iterative feedback loop process after every conversation the next one informs the next one and then probably after five conversations you'll have something that feels yep. relevant you know it's a, it's a job of like sensing the system you're like a spider sitting on the web tugging on these different strings and be like oh yeah there's a bug there yeah yeah that's that's also where where i arrived it's like okay i kind of i can guess all i want but mm, probably i'll need to talk to some more people about it um because also like what i see from the outside is not what is going on inside of them um it's mm. just my analysis mm. and what i think would be useful but mm. um yeah well what, what's like your a, what is your guess about um what if you just limit it to just a couple of people that you we would just like oh, these people need to be there can you guess about what they might want to experience or like what might draw them in? So I think mm, maybe it's about effective organizing, like um, both like kind of out, outreach kind of organizing and the internal, like how do we organize our movement? Um, yeah. And, and like, the, the the question of like how do we draw in more people and like put the whole movement on a more stable foundation i think that awareness is there that that's needed um hmm. yeah and there's like strategy strategy mm. stuff is always like oh yeah we need like let's do a strategy weekend <laughs> um and that means sitting in a circle and talking for hours without a break and like um, <laughs> um, not really getting anywhere. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, 
getting getting to the same points all the time. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. So um, if it was, say, strategy weekend, um, something that people are familiar with, or yeah, effective organizing weekend, how would you signal to them that it's going to be strategy weekend, but a bit different? Mm. Like what kind of, like, for example, I'm thinking about, um, how was that book called? Emergent strategy. You know, yes. so that, yeah. that's like, you can say, we're going to be drawing on this body of practice, which implies a different yeah. approach to strategy than you might've learned in like corporate workshops. Mm. Um, so yeah, like I'm wondering what kind of references you would draw on to, to, to help people anticipate that this is not going to be what they expected. Yeah, I think if I were to choose strategy as like the the content layer, then um, emergent strategy would be like a good way of framing that because a lot of people are familiar with it also. Mm -hmm. Like they've heard about it or even read the book, um, which is surprising. <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah. Um, that could be a way to say like, okay, um, I'm also sometimes th uh, sometimes thinking about this enrollment strategy um, with, I don't know if you're familiar with the, the metaphor of two islands, the island of here and now and the island of possibility. Um, <clears throat> and when you want to be really enrolling with people, you um, have them describe what they're experiencing in the here and now on the island of here and now, and mm. then like what the island of possibility could look like. And then you make like a really you tell them you you're gonna get them there you're gonna have them build the boat to take them to the to the next island um and i think that's that's also like a, a way to approach this because the strategy has been so like painful um so it could be like hey um th these these things are happening with the way we're approaching strategy right now um and this is what would become possible if we were to maybe try something different. And um, I'd like to invite you to the process of figuring out how that could look. Um, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Tell me so, what, yeah. what could be made possible? What's, what's different about it? Like the, the ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause you know, it's like, you've probably got a feeling for it. It's, yeah. it's in your muscles somewhere, but like you have to put it in words. Yeah. I mean, um, feeling like living a fulfilled life while fighting that fight um for mm. climate justice um a livable future and not burning out i mean the island of possible like yeah it's always good to put it in positive terms but this one is so <laughs> um is so like present and, yeah and yeah, just that, like what we experienced at the micro solidarity gathering, like um, being able to express a need and having it met mm. by the community, just by virtue of the social fabric um, and the, the relationships that are there um, and not feeling like I need to like hold anything back because I, like, I can't express it. Um, and the whole project is going to fail if I'm going to meet my personal needs um, and feeling like people are going to think you're weak when, when you um, when you express that you kind of need to take a step back right now or need something different than pushing through. Um, yeah, that kind of stuff. Mm. The, the, um, the one about a fulfilled life makes me think of like, maybe the mindset shift there is 
you know, are we are we organizing for the next COP meeting or are we organizing for the next generation? Yeah. And if it's a next generation thing, then the question is like, okay, well, how are we going to raise kids that we think are going to be set up for the future, you know? And that means yeah. like, what does it take to raise a kid? Well, it takes decades in a village. So mm. get it, putting that frame into the strategy, I think, it's inspiring for me. I don't know if it will be inspiring for people that are really caught up in the sense of urgency. I know a lot of them probably are not having kids for this reason. Yeah. Um, on the having your needs met thing or not having to withhold or, or like being able to disclose your reality. Um, it sounds like the mindset shift there is like kind of a, an abundance thing of like, mm-hmm. we're used to being under pressure and under resourced and racing and your hypothesis is there's a way of relating to each other that actually unlocks a lot more resources that are already just living between us. And that yep. um, for some reason, we're kind of hypnotized by this idea that we've got to present a, a very strong face all the time. But if we allowed ourselves to like let the mask mm-hmm. down, we'd find that those needs are actually quite easy to meet because often that's like you need to have a walk or a cry or a dance, you know, like and then it's done. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. 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 I think that that mindset mindset shift from urgency to like more long long term that's super tricky because there's so many like f- material arguments for the urgency that people can always be like, yeah, but this highway is being built right now. If we don't do something right now they'll build it it's going to be done and then they're going to build the next one um because they've already built this one and it doesn't make sense if they don't build the next one and it's like <laughs> yeah okay i see that that's happening and that's like yeah that's shitty but still like what can we do to um hmm. I, my sense in that is that um to prevent what's happening right now we would have had to start organizing more laterally and more deeply um like 10 years ago um and maybe this is like this battle is maybe it's just lost um and maybe we're better off investing our energy right now in preparing for like the next thing that's going to happen or the like the one after that um because it's just like the kind of transformation that needs to happen is not right now but (laughs) it's going to take some time and then Yeah, but to get that into people's like, I don't know how to present that in a way that is not super offensive to them because yeah. they've been in that struggle for the past one and a half, two years, um, like full on. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, my hypothesis is that you don't have to present it to them. You know, like that you can create the conditions where they admit to themselves. Yeah. what they already know um and that that's a consequence of having created psychological safety and a space for reflection like you don't have to you don't have to push that you know you don't have to show up and be like yeah. you guys are doing it wrong and if you just listen you know it's not <laughs> how you actually think yeah. <laughs> yep. um but all of the activists that i work with they carry a huge amount of doubts along with them and um and usually they feel, yeah, a huge fear of like admitting the doubts or like I'm letting people down if I don't, you know, like the, I must, I must hold the line. If, if it's not me, then no one will, we've got to, we've got to hold this like 
clarity and confidence about we're doing the right thing. We know it's the right thing. And mm. it's what shores up our sense of like purpose in the world or something. Um, but as soon as they get into a context where it's safe to admit vulnerability and doubt and, and to grieve, you know, then all of the stuff comes out and, mm. and, and, and there's a relief you know, because that's one of the masks that we're carrying around is this like, oh, I know exactly what we need to do about the climate. We just need to stop the highway. It's like, well, you know what? You could stop all of the highways in Austria. And then what about yeah. the rest of Europe? And then what about the rest of the world? Like, yeah. <laughs> it's, and everyone knows this. They know it at some level. Um, but not being allowed, yeah, having a knowledge that you feel is, a, is not admissible, it's really a lot of work. You know, it takes a lot of energy to withhold stuff from each other. And so, like, if we can have a context where the withholding stops, it actually frees up all this extra energy. Mm, yeah. What I just thought when you said that, um, like, creating a context of psychological safety where people can admit this to themselves, um, it's like, ah, yeah, that's, that's why I feel like it would be useful to have a more diverse crowd of people there and not just climate activists. Because mm. um, it's if it's the same people that are used to going on the strategy weekend with each other and having really intense discussions about the next concrete step, um, then I feel like it might be a bit harder for them to let the mask down um, because all of the peers are there and everyone's gonna um, think like, yeah, no, like once the first step is made, maybe it's easier, but um, <laughs> maybe there's a bit more tension in the room. Whereas if there's like some self-organized culture people and yeah. like some education people, and then it's like, that are having similar experiences with their um, respective fields, but um, it might be a bit more, I don't know, easy to, to relax into it. I really buy that. Um, I'm thinking about at the Micro Solidarity Gathering in Belgium, after the first full day, which a lot of people found like kind of intense. Mm. I remember Ananta and Chris volunteered to like, we're going to go host a silent disco out in the orchard. And it was, I went and joined it and it was like, ah, oh, such a relief after all of this work. Um, and I don't know any climate activists that are going to suggest that we should go have a dance, you know, but I know mm. lots of, you know, like crypto people and burners and, you know, festival people that would suggest that. Yeah. Um, and so it's, I really buy this idea of having extra diversity in the room because people bring their different strengths, you know, and if like, yeah, um, if you have someone whose, whose gesture is, Hey, let's relax and party for a minute. Like that's a great contribution, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's really effective. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it's comes, a, it does bring some material. challenges though it brings some challenges yeah. having the diversity so like um i'm in a group of everyone's a facilitator and so it's kind of really obvious why we're here it's like oh we want to learn more about facilitation and support each other and have collaborators and stuff um and then i'm in in spiral and in spiral is like a real diversity of different skills and domains mm. and everything and it's it's it makes everything a bit more complex people are like Why are we here? What are we supposed to be doing? Um, mm. So I think if you're going to have diversity, then then the purpose is takes a little bit more work maybe to articulate why why would you come? Mm -hmm. And again, like yeah. you can feel it. You're like, oh, yeah, it's the thing that I felt at the gathering, but that's not very clear. <laughs> yeah, that's very hard to communicate. Um, yeah, yeah to have like one sentence that makes sense to all of these different contexts, right? Um, yeah. And it calls on something that's relevant for yeah. them. Yeah. Yep. I'm also wondering about like, 
the scale that you have in mind or like what's what's the smallest step in the right direction or like how big should the first thing be and how many people and yeah. that sort of thing have you thought that through much yeah i think if it's like i think i would do it for 10 people mm. um 15 would be like already great and like my biggest dream would be 30 right now mm. at this point um but yeah any anything in between is like awesome <laughs> yeah and I've, I've already talked to two very good friends of mine that hold a similar vision for change um that i would be really excited about like having on the hosting team um and i feel like that's also like the the capacity we have for holding something um because we've never done something like that together um and 30 would probably already be pushing it a little bit so yeah um something something in that range yeah um, yeah i mean i'm always on the small side right like the smaller the easier yeah yeah just the less complexity and like i'm even thinking is there a is there a, a picnic with six people first you know which is like an afternoon and you start like cooking up the idea with some people and then two months later there's actually 15 people or something that stay for a whole weekend or a long weekend or mm. you know like kind of building towards building towards yeah. that and yeah there i i found with organizing events like for me organizing for 15 people is like completely effortless and everything's manageable and then once you go above like 20 then it's suddenly like <laughs> you, yeah you, you, okay. the group is going to have some kind of like you know tensions and which is fun yeah, it's yeah. part of the work but um it just becomes more effort mm -hmm. okay yeah, that's good to hear um part of me is also like oh yeah i kind of want to keep it small and then there's this ambitious part and it's like <laughs> what's going to happen if you only have like nothing's going to happen if you only have 15 people there <laughs> it's going to be at least 20. <laughs> well remember at yeah. the gathering we had five hosts for 30 guests right yeah so that's like yep. the kind of um true leadership development that we're doing it's like yeah nati and i could have held that whole event ourselves um, hmm. but that's about, we're at our capacity. Whereas having five people there means everyone is getting to develop their own capacity a little bit. I mean, it takes the responsibility of me it makes it a lot easier, but it also means that like Jocelyn, for example, is now much more equipped to host her own thing because she got to help with this one. Um, yeah. so that pacing yourself is actually creating more opportunities for other people to develop their own leadership too. That makes sense. Yeah, same principle, right? Um, it's like create some space um, around the edges where growth can happen. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I, what's coming up in the back of my mind, you know, like um, this thing about slowing down, creating space. Um, do you know Bayo Wakumalafe? Sorry, what? Bayo Wakumalafe. Oh, he's so awesome. No, he's like a poet, philosopher. <laughs> uh, I mm. think he's from Nigeria and he lives in India. And yeah, he's been on the kind of philosophical podcast circuit that I like to listen to. Mm -hmm. um, and he's got this line about times are urgent, so we must slow down. Um, I'm thinking about that and, and sort of alongside Adrian Murray Brown's emergent strategy that like maybe, yeah, depending on who you've got, but maybe that is the way to create the invitation is you grab someone else's words, you know, someone else's book or a podcast interview or a little article or something and say like, this is kind of the framing document. Um, so like if it was emergent strategy, there's a bunch of principles, you know, and it's like, yeah. oh, we're gonna go and live those principles for a weekend. 
and see what that does yeah. for our way of talking about strategy. I think um, referencing someone who has that kind of credibility and respect mm. in the movement um, can be a way to kind of get permission. You know what I mean? It's yeah, not just yeah, you yeah, with yeah. your like weird thing trying to push everyone around. It's like, no, no, no. It's like, it's, it's the yeah. front edge, you know, it's like this known thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That makes so much sense. Cause like, what, what would I know about how to, <laughs> how to do that? Um, like, who am I to tell everyone, like, this is what you should do now to, um, you should come to this event because I think it's a good idea. <laughs> um, but um, when it's like, hey, you've heard about this. Um, do you want to learn more about it and like try it out in practice altogether? And then it's like, yeah. It, I see how people would be more um, interested in that maybe. Yeah. I'm wondering um, about like, because my hope is that like a long, more long-term thing is being birthed out of that um first event and i'm wondering what you see about like communicating that before or like what to do to support that because that's where i'm a bit foggy mm -hmm. um i feel like if i say like we're gonna have this event um hoping and then we'll have a community afterwards um that is really like that meets every two weeks or whatever and um, that that could be a bit um, intimidating to people um and at the same time like at the gathering or at that at the event like how to support people to like want to do that to want to keep engaging mm. yeah it's um challenging i my immediate instinct is just like first of all just invite them to the thing just the one thing mm. that's like yep. this is definitely happening you know it's concretely yep. happening and you'll we would love you to join um, but also I think it, I think there's, there's kind of a job for you to get clear on your own commitment and capacity. Mm. So like, for example, with the Inspiral community in Europe, I, when I decided that I was going to be one of the people that was going to help hold, you know, like be the source, I mean, I don't really like that source idea, but like co-source, you know, like be one of the mm -hmm. people that's going to like hold this container. Mm. I I checked first, like, do I actually have capacity for this? And and made a genuine commitment knowing that it was a priority and that it was going to take probably a couple of years. And my my own commitment was like, I'm going to hold this until, until it feels like it can hold itself without me. And in our case, that basically took two years, a bunch of online organizing and then two gatherings. And at the end of the second gathering, it was like so obvious to me that the community didn't need me in the same way that, that mm. the, the community reached a stage of maturity where it's like, yeah, I've got something to offer, but um, you know, yeah, I've, I've got maybe more context or more historical knowledge or yeah. more relationships than the average person. Sure. But like it would completely live without me. Um, mm. And yeah, having anticipated that beforehand and then gone through the transition and felt it. And now like at that, at our last online meeting, I even sort of named that a little bit to say like, I, I feel like I've been holding a special role and now I don't want to anymore. And I'm going to need your support to change my habits, you know, to change my role. Like, um, I think you having your own clarity on that, whether it's you individually, or if you've got a couple of allies that are going to be willing to hold it with you, um, 
getting clear about that so that when you get to the end of the weekend, you can say, this is what's on offer. Like we're at least going to have an online check-in every week or or whatever. There's going to be a, there's going to be a telegram group and we're going to keep it active or um, I'm planning to host one, host one of these gatherings every three months or, you know, like that um, providing that dependable contact, I think is, is really like a lot of people will be, they might be really excited and they might have a good experience, but they also will need reassurance. Like, are you actually going to, is this going to be just like a cool thing that happened once or are you going to stick around? Are you someone that I can trust? And it'll, it'll take a year, it'll take two years for people to really go like, oh, this thing, this is a trustworthy container. I can actually let my guard down here. You know, I wouldn't expect it to happen instantly. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, be clear about like <laughs> what what I can actually offer to people afterwards. Um, yeah. I've been thinking like like a very brief thought without knowing how much effort it actually is to organize it. Um, the first one um, would be like do it twice a year mm-hmm. um, as like a just offer it as a retreat thing so people can come back and then I don't know what would be a good thing in between. Um, yeah, I think I need to figure that out. The other people that are um on board already yeah but i've like what, what i've been thinking about is um i don't know if you were there at the micro solidarity gathering there was this one night where um there was you you guys had a plan but then you changed the plan to make it like the support circle night um and that was really awesome actually um where like everyone that wanted to offer support or wanted to receive support could come and then did a quick round of like, this is what I need, or this is what I have to offer. And then people just mixed and matched and um, went off in pairs or triads. And something like that um, mm-hmm. on a more regular basis, I feel like could be really useful. It's like, a, okay, I know on Thursday nights, I can go to this park and <laughs> um, there's going to be other people there that need something or that have something to offer. And I can like try to see if some, someone's there. Um, that I match with. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. And that, that, um, I think the in-between retreats thing is very context dependent. And so you just have to try a bunch mm. of experiments and see what yeah. lands. Yep. Um, people generally find it a lot easier to prioritize a physical gathering over any other kind of digital connections. Yes. But when you find the right digital connection, people stick with it. Like, like I said about in spiral in Europe, that's been primarily digital, the community formation there. It's been really impressive because it's just kind of the right people with the right structure at the right time that it's worked. But then for a lot mm. of other communities that would never work. Um, so again, the rhythm's really important. So if you're going to experiment with Thursdays at the park, like hold it for four Thursdays or for six Thursdays or something, you know, and then mm. really give it, give it a chance for people to factor it into their life schedule and then have a retrospective at the end to see like does this does this work should we do this every second week should we do it online like um yeah give it enough breathing room to test if it actually works or not um and it depends a lot on who else is there with you you know like i'm trying to think who told me this someone someone made it really clear to me basically that the reason a lot of these very 
you know, this is a beautiful aspiration that you're describing. Um, and a lot of these things start and they go well and then they fizzle out. And it's because your job is not getting paid, you know, like mm, that, that, yeah. that you're so oriented. The people that do this kind of thing are so oriented towards generosity and compassion and care for others that they kind of like deprioritize their own needs. And it's like the household economics just don't work. You know, like, oh, I'll just volunteer. I'll just volunteer 30 hours a month. And that's how the system mm -hmm. works. And it's like, okay, that'll work for six months. But yeah, at, at, at some point it won't. So like, it's a really, it's a real struggle. You know, like I've had this aspiration for the micro solidarity network to be a lot bigger and a lot more impactful. Um, and I, there are moves that I could do that I think would like open it up to many more people. And suddenly the numbers would go from hundreds to thousands. But I haven't figured out how to sustain the core. So I'm yeah. not bringing in that many people yet. It's like finding, gradually finding like who are the collaborators that I can trust. So like Jocelyn, for example, is willing to hold a monthly call. Awesome. Like that's yeah. such a, that's such a fucking awesome contribution that for her, it doesn't cost that much effort. But for me, it's like, ah, oh, genius. <laughs> <laughs> and that helps make the sort of economics of it more sustainable. Um, yep. but it's a gradual process because if I didn't trust Jocelyn, like that just wouldn't happen, you know, like and we've yes. had to develop that context over time. Yeah. I think that's also a trap that I need to be very aware of is like not, not try to run before I walk. Um, because it's so easy to be like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I can already smell it. Like it's, it's right around the corner and let's just like go a little bit faster. Um, but to like, look at what's the smallest thing that we can do that's meaningful in this direction and, um, and get really good at that and then start building it out. Um, yeah. And it, it's, yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's, no, I, I just uh, thought about like how we started this conversation around like the urgency in the climate justice movement. Um, we're like, oh yeah, I know how this feels. It's like, I can have compassion for um, <laughs> for that. Yeah. And um, I notice it's still present in myself as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's being beamed into us from all directions. Like speed up, speed up. It's part of the reason I live in Tuscany. It's like, it just, it's a slower place. It's, I'm getting much more feedback from the world that slowing down is the right thing to do because things move slowly in this country people are on island time hello hello hi i think your connection just just wandered off for yeah, a second I I just happily yeah. talking to myself cut, cut out a little bit <laughs> um Okay. Switched Wi-Fi networks should should work again now. You were talking about urgency, and I was saying that it's not just climate justice, right? Like, it's there's so many different sources. The culture is like beaming in urgency, and like you've got to hurry up. Yeah. Um, it's just that capitalism is normal, and part of the reason I live in Tuscany is because I'm getting some more signals to slow down here. It's like things i mean this this house that i'm that i this building that i live in is older than the country that i come from 
you know. <laughs> it's like, slow it down, buddy. Just just zoom out a few notches. Just click, 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 click. It's like, oh, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yep. I'm in a town where they have been eating fish out of the river for two and a half thousand years that we know of. It's like, some things are okay, you know. Things are bad, but things are okay as well at the same time. It's really good to have those signals around me rather than all the like neon signs of like, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Damn, that's so so nice to to have an environment where that is like built into the into the environment, or like it's evolved that way, and you're still connected to that evolution, and it's not it hasn't been this cut of like, okay, now we're gonna do things differently. <laughs> we're gonna think about how we do things <laughs> instead <laughs> of just do what feels right. <laughs> Yeah. Have you got, I, might, I wonder if it's useful to think for a few minutes about the economics in more concrete terms. Like if you're going to have an mm -hmm. event, if yeah. it's going to cost money, like yes. yeah, how have you been thinking about that? Um, I've been thinking about it a little bit. Um, and I feel like where I'm at right now is like, it would be cool to offer it for free if people couldn't attend otherwise. Um, but like have it cost what it costs to stay there um um and for food like i don't know can be really cheap for a weekend it can be 40 50 euros um there's a lot of like self-organized pro-living things around vienna that i'm somewhat connected to where stuff like that can happen quite cheaply mm. um so yeah what i'm not clear about is like would i charge like a ticket fee um that will end up somewhere either with me or with some other cause or um and yeah i haven't decided that yet or like i have if my instinct is like no don't do it um and then like what i've learned through starting a coaching business is like yeah i kind of need to charge for supporting people because otherwise <laughs> i'm just going to be talking to people all day and not know what i'm going to eat at night um <laughs> so yeah those are like two conflicting things yeah. Yeah. like one big doubt is like what are people going to think are they going to think i'm i'm just doing this to make money um yeah but there's ways around that yeah. um I don't know if you can hear my roommates. They're having fun, I think. <laughs> I heard the slightest. It sounded like a baby, but... Uh... Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's in a really good mood today. Um, oh, good. <laughs> yeah, so... Yeah, that's that. I think um, what comes to me is like, if it's, if it's really small, then... Yeah, it's like a bunch of friends going to a house for a weekend. You know, you just share the costs yep. and you don't have to think about yep. it. But the bigger it becomes, the more work it is for you. And, and I agree, like it's maybe not for the first time, but you do need to get paid if you're going to be able to prioritize this amongst your other commitments. Um, and we've experimented a lot with different kinds of creative ways of doing this, but the, the, the general principle we go with is like offer a sliding scale so that people can say mm. uh, there's like an average price and then there's a bit more and there's a bit less. And yeah. and then there's also the small print which says, hey, if you if if you'll be excluded by these prices, just let us know and we'll we'll make it work. And the people who are paying a bit more are just subsidizing those. Um, okay. A lot of people are going to be in a context where they can afford to pay a ticket, which includes an extra 
few bucks for you, you know. Um, the other thing is you've got kind of got the question of legality as well, you know. So there's like the informal friends hanging out for a weekend thing, which doesn't matter. But then as soon as you cross a certain threshold, it becomes more of a formal, you need some infrastructure. Um, mm-hmm. And with Inspiral stuff, in the past, we've just run that through one of the companies in the network. So like our company, we we do events. So it's easy for us to like run it through our books. Yeah. Um, but for the next Inspiral gathering that's happening, I've set up a page on Open Collective, which is like precisely designed for this for this yeah. um, for this problem. It's really nice, and maybe like I was surprised at how easy it is to set up. Like you could go and get it done this afternoon. Uh, it doesn't cost anything. Like they just take a percentage of every uh, fee that comes in. But what you get in return is like it's all legal, it's all squared away, and it's transparent. So it's obvious that you're not setting up so that you get rich. You know, you're just saying like, yeah, yeah, yeah. these are the expenses. I'm going to pay myself this much and everything's completely transparent. So that it could be, um, yeah, maybe not, maybe not for the first thing, but if you're going to have a repeating cycle of events, mm. there might be something to run it through. That's, um, that's a really great idea. Um, we also have some like in this network, there's a lot of associations and like um, groups that have legal entities where it's possible to do that. I'm also like, I've co-founded one of them, so I have access to that infrastructure. But um, Open Collective, I think, precisely for that transparency reason, is um, it's a great idea. Yeah. I also had an idea which we didn't implement this time, but like, if the economics had been different at the last gathering for micro solidarity, what I wanted to do was like take a percentage of, of ticket sales and put it in a common fund, and then at the end of the event, be able to say, "Hey, look, we've got two thousand euros here." And it's up for grabs that like anyone in the community can propose and we'll have some kind of participatory budgeting process around how we spend this money. Like, do you want to make a series of videos or whatever, you know, like um, that economic solidarity can be really, really fun and really engaging for people. And like actually means they get to shift, you know, people get to shift their livelihood to be more in line with the community. That's obviously a slightly longer down the track kind of thing. Um, but it's an idea that I just want to keep percolating out there so someone does it. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. It's interesting how that um when you do that right with like the social fabric first and then slowly build towards that, um, it can be really fun. And if you do it too early, it's super stressful and everybody's like, ah shit, we're sharing money. I need to make sure that it's gonna be used for what I want it for. <laughs> like, <laughs> um yeah. <laughs> Um, can definitely create tension. Yeah. Hmm. I feel like I have a lot of a uh, lot to digest right now. <laughs> yeah, good. good. Yeah. I'm um, wondering if uh, is there anything else I want to ask you? Yeah. Um. 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 Just <laughs> if that's enough to digest, we can press stop there and um. Yeah. Well, press pause, and we can have another chapter you know, in a few months or whenever, um, because yeah, if this thing becomes what you're dreaming of, it's going to be a long project. Right. So I'm, I'm yeah. really happy to be alongside and help out in the ways that I can. Yeah. Thanks so much. Um, even just for today and for offering that, um, it's really like calms my anxiety to know that, um, <laughs> I can talk to you about it. <laughs> um, it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> someone who has done this before um, also like thinks it's important and is is uh, willing to 
uh, answer my questions. So mm. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Massively valuable. Yeah. I'm sure there's um, tons of people in the network as well that will also be happy to happy think it through at times. Like if you need to pull in a council of peers to like help you think through some details and stuff, I'm sure there'll be willing participants. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I think so. Cool. All right. That's awesome. I'm going to press stop here. Mm-hmm.